What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Priest Prophet King. Um, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, things are a little bit different here. It's just just me here out of the three. Um, we're starting a new segment called Pre, uh, PPK Perspectives. And I have the pleasure of bringing on one of my very best friends from Franciscan University. Uh, we are in the same household together, which is called the Brothers of the Eternal Song. And um, yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, Jake and kind of what he's doing right now, which is he is a college-focused missionary um, on campus at uh, in Toledo, Ohio. So we're going to get into a little bit of that. But um, hey, Jake, how's it going? How's it going, Mika? Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming. Honestly, we've been talking about this for a while. Yeah, so it's so good to, good to have you, have dude. Happening. It's so good to have someone as cute as me on the podcast as well. <laughs> Yeah, I look like no, a salon. What are the salons? <laughs> yeah. I have to grow yeah, my seriously. back just for this, this. is actually our cousin, Jake. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, as I said, uh, I've known Jake for a while. We were um, in the same household. We were actually roommates for a full year. Um, we lived in yeah. the apartments um, on campus at, uh, at Franciscan, and we spent I literally almost every waking moment together, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and we enjoyed it. Um, but oh, anywho, yeah. Jake... Why don't you just give us a little bit about your background, um, and yeah, we can kind of go from there. Yeah, I'd love to uh, share a little bit about my story. You know, I uh, I don't always, you know, I always like to share my story and like start it with like, I don't have a crazy story, and I don't think everyone should have this crazy testimony. Um, but yeah, I was born and raised in a um, Catholic family, two parents, seven siblings, so the whole ordeal. Um, I'm the middle child of the eight kids. And so, you know, just another, another one of the kids growing up. And, um, I was blessed to have two great Catholic parents. You know, if you were to ask me that while I was growing up, you know, I kind of disagree, but looking back, (laughs) looking back on it, um, I was truly blessed to have just two great, great parents who, you know, really made sure to raise me in the faith and form me and teach me all about the, the church's teachings. Um, so growing up, yeah, I was homeschooled um, up until middle school, middle school, went through public school. And, and with that, you know, nothing crazy happened in my life um, except just growing in the faith with, with my parents. Um, it wasn't until really high school, college transition where I started to recognize that um, I actually had to make a choice myself if I wanted to practice the faith or not. Um, And my parents were kind of strict growing up as well, um, which to an extent, I was very glad because uh, I know myself and I know without that, you know, that strict upbringing definitely uh, could have led to a bad place. But, uh, you know, the Lord was watching over me. Um, So, yeah, dude, I senior year uh, of high school, I kind of just like really took on to the faith. I was involved in youth groups. My dad brought a youth group called Fraternus to our parish and I got really involved and you know I like to think that I was you know deep into my faith and I knew Jesus very well uh but looking back on it um I don't think I was really faithful at all I think this all came from a place of pride I had a brother in the seminary I had um in my mind I thought I had all these expectations I had to live up to with my family being involved in in our church and um just being close with my my pastor at my church who I'm still close with close with to this day. And, you know, I, I think a lot of it was coming from pride and wanting to put this outward show of, uh, you know, Oh, look at me, you know, I'm Catholic and I do all the right things. Um, so part of that was when I had to make my college decision, um, I chose to go to Franciscan, 
University in Steubenville, Ohio, uh, where Miko and I would finally, you know, <laughs> meet. Uh, but yeah, so I, I did it. My parents went there when they went to school. My sister went there, thought it was a great place to um, practice my faith and do it easily while having a little bit of fun too. Um, but as I learned very quickly, that uh, was not the case. Franciscan is a great school that encourages the faith. You have plenty of opportunity to practice the faith, mass three times a day, perpetual adoration, you know, households and all this stuff. And yeah, uh, somehow I found my way through the cracks and uh, I, I joined the rugby team and uh, I found some friends and, you know, started getting after the, the party life, which um, unfortunately was just not great for, for my life. You know, I fell back into the very lukewarm Catholic faith of um, going to mass on Sundays, never really receiving um, and talking about my faith still from a, a point of pride kind of and joining a household because I thought that's, you know, what God was calling me to. Um, but it really kind of just wanted to find a new way to party and still feel good about myself. Um, so for the most part, college was a, a lot like that. You know, I um, found myself doing what was easy, what was comfortable, what was fun. Um, and I was just lacking in, in that joy. You know, I was searching for it in so many places and, you know, avoiding like three, three daily masses a day. Yet I didn't find myself at barely any of them unless I had to go for a commitment for our household, um, you know, or for our rugby team before games. But yeah. So um, luckily I, I got really involved in my household senior year um, when uh, Miko actually gave me a call and I was supposed to room with my, my friends at the time, which still was leading me down a bad path, you know, uh, and Miko gave me a call and said, Hey man, we need an extra roommate. Uh, I was wondering if you could uh, join our height, which is the apartments at Franciscan. Um, and almost immediately I said, yes, you know, I, I told my friends I was going to be rooming with, with the brothers and uh, that I kind of, I can't came up with a little fib. I told him I was uh, going to do that from the start and I forgot, but um, you know, it's all for, you know, all for the good. Yeah. Um, and so that was really uh, a turning point in my life. You know, I didn't know it at the time. I still was kind of stuck in my ways. I was um, in a relationship that while I convinced myself it was centered around God yet again to um, tell myself, make myself feel better. Um, it definitely was not. I was, uh, I loved this, this person more than I loved God. And that was just when it comes to everything else, you know, it just falls apart. Um, just a struggle with the faith. Um, so yeah, when, uh, when I lived in this height with Miko and JP Bobak and, uh, and with Liam Nagel, he was there sometimes. Um, but yeah, they, uh, especially Miko, Miko really challenged me, um, not by, you know, explicitly challenging me, but by the way he acted, the way he carried his, his own life and, you know, how, how he cared about the faith. And so, um, in the midst of my senior year, I went through, um, a lot of a struggle and, uh, God tested me a lot and put me through a lot of suffering, um, which is something that I really needed. You know, um, my, um, my fiance and I, I actually broke up and um, my classes just weren't going too well. And I just wasn't really in a great place. And I remember that very moment when 
everything came to a crossroads and um you know the the people that were there were my close friends in my household miko uh anthony hobbs christian sauer they were there at an instant notice you know i i remember calling calling uh you guys and just asking what was going on because i was just not not in a great place and they were over there in an instant and you know they miko i remember this vividly told me um told me this and uh, i'll remember it for the rest of my life but he said jake you know you can do one of two things now you can you know sulk in your in your misery and you can drown your life in in all this stuff you've been struggling with in the past or you can use this to make yourself a better man you know and, and they took me to um, the adoration chapel and we prayed they prayed with me they stayed with me through the whole process and that's kind of where you know through their their help and um their example they they really helped me turn my life around and give my life to jesus and let me tell you, I, I did not have the strength to do um, what I did that semester. That was completely from the grace of God. He, he helped me out a lot. You know, I, I really uh, turned my life around there um, and God just helped me do that. I started going to daily mass with, with my buddies in the household. I started praying actually, like it was only 15 minutes a day, but I was, I was praying more than I prayed in my past. And you know, really just trying to live my life centered around God. Um, and then towards the end of my my senior year, I um, focus really was, that's when it came to into question. Um, if you ask me uh, that semester, even the day that I decided to apply for focus, if I wanted to be a focus missionary, I would have laughed in your faith, face, um, <laughs> in your faith, sorry. Um, I had a, a job lined up with with Ernst and Young, one of the big four banking um, accounting firms, and you know was really excited about that. I, you know, had had a job since I was thirteen, and my dad taught me one thing: it was to, you know, work hard um, at everything you're passionate about. And what I was passionate about at the time was my job, and setting up for myself a you know a stable future with a good company. And um, so yeah, I, I was I would have laughed in your face if you asked me if I wanted to be a missionary. Um, but during that whole year, I was, uh, our household, we had a Bible study with one of the focus missionaries. It was kind of something that our coordinator set up and, uh, and yeah, it was just a good experience, but I never put too much thought into it. Um, and one day the focus missionary, John Collins, um, asked me if I wanted to learn how to lead a Bible study. And I said, yes, I invited him over and, um, I remember this conversation very well. Uh, he started talking about why he became a focus missionary, not in an attempt to get me to apply, but just sharing the joy that he found from the gospel and from his relationship with Jesus. And I have never felt so much joy in my life just from a simple conversation, just from his desire to share his his faith, the gospel with others. I experienced an immense amount of joy and I kind of jokingly but seriously asked him at the end of the conversation where I could apply for focus because, you know, I've been searching for that same joy and partying and, um, you know, just in a relationship with, you know, someone and just anything and everything but the faith. And I found it. God showed me where, where it was and I applied and the rest of the semester, by the grace of God, you know, he took me through the whole process. He guided me through all the struggle of healing from a broken relationship and you know also growing in my faith at the same time and you know i struggled with the decision of whether to do focus or not 
uh, the rest of the semester. But I remember getting that call um, about two weeks before graduation um, from the regional director who interviewed me um, and he offered me the job and he asked me if I wanted a day to think about it. I said, no, um, I don't want a day to think about it. I want to do it because I knew myself. I knew I'd say no if I waited any longer. Um, and I just I knew this is what God was calling me to. I didn't know why. Um, I didn't know exactly what he had in mind, but I just knew this is what he wanted me to do. And from there, you know, I, I quit my job with Ernst & Young. And uh, yeah, dude, it's been an incredible journey since then. Um, and just seeing where God has taken me um, from where I was about a year and a half ago to where yeah. I am now. Uh, not by my own means whatsoever, but by God's grace completely. Um, he's walked with me through every every trial and every blessing. He's been there. So um, that's a little bit about my story. I'm sure there's stuff I left out and uh, stuff I added that I probably didn't need to. But uh, <laughs> no, that's good. That's uh, good. I've yeah. been there, too. When I like I, I start going on and then I'm like, you know, dang, I really shared a whole lot in front of the camera there. Maybe I shouldn't have done <laughs> yeah. that much. But yeah, no, it was good. Time and up already? Or? <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, there's a lot that we could go from that, obviously. Um, and I yeah. like how you touched into not only your background, but kind of how you got to focus and kind of your college experience. Because um, I, obviously, this is something that we want to keep doing, especially um, with you, Jake, is bringing on and having different dis discussions and topics, especially re regarding mm -hmm. um, college and things you touched on, mm -hmm. drinking, stuff like that. So yeah, Franciscan is a wonderful place because you get to meet probably the bestest friends you ever you'll ever meet in your life. But at the same time, um, although it is sort of this Catholic Disneyland place, it is still a little bit on you to practice your faith. Um, yeah. It's not all given. Um, that's how real life is, and uh, it's pretty obvious for some people who who go there and they're not doing the things on campus when it's really easy. It's going to be tough for them to do that when outside of campus when they're back home and no one's with them and they don't have a whole household oh, yeah. of thirty guys with you. So there's obviously a lot that we could do with that. Um, and don't let Jake fool you. He's, he's trying to make himself seem like he's a bad guy. He's literally one of the best people I've ever met in my life. He's a better guy than me. I was just with him and helping him through through yeah. a tough time. Um, but literally, I mean, it's, you know, Iron Trapper's Iron. And you need friends like Jake. Uh, we couldn't do a lot of things without each other and the people around us in our household, which has been uh, truly amazing for sure. Um, but anywho, as we get to this, obviously you touched a little bit on your discernment to focus. Um, which is tough. I mean, obviously with something like uh, Ernst & Young and being that big, that's kind of what we all strive for, right? Something mm -hmm. that I kind of had a similar experience with when I was faced with, um, you know, choosing Cal Berkeley or choosing Franciscan. It's like, uh, yeah, you know what the world's going to tell you, but what's better for your soul in a sense? And I feel like that's kind of something that you had there. Um, and I mean, is it tough? I, you know, we're going to kind of move forward, at least to talk a little bit more about life as a, as a focused missionary. But, you know, there's things like, for instance, you know, fundraising a salary, which, you know, is, can mm -hmm. be tough. And, and you're obviously, I've had your difficulties with, and, and, you know, anybody would. And also just kind of like having that leap that you had to do, right? You said that within that day alone, you didn't need any time to think about it. You knew you had to take that leap. So can you talk about a little, <clears throat> some of those struggles that kind of discernment fundraising a salary a lot of those tough things whereas uh ey you know you know you got some guaranteed pretty good money coming in yeah no i uh that's a good question i um there was a lot that went into it especially with just you know ernst and young i had been through a lot of um, phone calls and different sessions telling me about all the perks and the great things about you know working there and it's such a great company and 
you know, a lot of benefits. And, you know, I, I still remember thinking about uh, when they were emailing us about um, sending us, sending them our information so we can get our new MacBooks and, you know, all this, all these perks, you know, and um, that was definitely just drawing me to that because yeah, it's just, I've always, always wanted the safe route, you know. I've always had a plan for my life and I've always wanted to follow that. Um, but you made a great point about, you know, iron sharpens iron. Um, it was really, it was really that, that, um, like that brotherhood that I had that example from all my brothers that, um, really helped me make those hard decisions, you know, because I did, we do with focus have to fundraise our entire salary, um, which was scary for me, especially because, you know, I come from a family where my grandma, when she was a girl scout, her, her father bought all her cookies so she wouldn't ask anyone for money, you know? Um, and so I come from a family where, you know, you work for um, what you earn and for what you get. And it's asking people for money is um, just not something we really do. And then also, yeah, just like with, um, with dropping a job that was supposed to set me up for the rest of my life, like getting over that fear. There were a lot of fears that, um, were just very prevalent in my mind and still to this day um, I struggle with you know with um, thinking about what I passed up on but those are all lies from the devil all fears that the devil's trying to put in my mind and I I knew thankfully from the example of you know my brothers and the brothers in the household and from surrounding myself with the sacraments and with God you know he helped me um, say like, okay, I got this, especially, you know, I was praying the novena to surrender. And there's just these, these beautiful, beautiful lines in this novena, um, where God just wants to take care of us. He wants to, you know, pick us up in his arms and, and lead us through those fears and, you know, lead us to where he wants us to go. And so I definitely think that at the time, um, God knew I couldn't handle that on my own. And so he took care of it for me as long as I just stuck with, you know, prayer and with having good conversations with these guys that, you know, he was going to take care of all that stuff that I was uh, afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's something that I've been struggling with too. And I talked to you a ton about is um, I've even said, shared on the podcast, but you know, going out and sort of working these jobs that you're told to do that you felt like you had a degree for, right? Like that was the whole point mm -hmm. of you going to school yeah. and then you, you know, get out of school and you realize that, I'm not sure if you learned much. Um, your drinking tolerance definitely went higher. You made some <laughs> good friends and you realize that you probably don't actually want to do, or some people, you know, like at least for mm -hmm. me and you kind of realizing, dude, we want to do ministry. We want to, we want to yeah. evangelize. We want to help people. And um, this marketing degree is not helping with that. And so it's a tough yeah. one, dude. It's definitely a tough one. And it's different for every situation, right? There's no like cookie cutter answer for everybody. Um, what's right for Jake was right for Jake. What's right for Miko is right for Miko. But um, I mean, I think it helps for sure to listen to that discernment because it is, dude, it's so tough. I mean, you know, people would kill for, you know, a chance at EY and, and some of these other things or, or Berkeley or whatever it may be, some of these bigger opportunities. But it's like, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's either going to lead you closer to God or not. And, you know, those are tough decisions. Not that it, not that it won't, you know what I mean? It's not like everyone that goes to the EY just goes to hell and not immediately, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, those are just yeah. decisions that you have to make. Okay. But yeah, as you kind of yeah. keep moving forward, um, I am a little curious too, and I'm sure other people are, maybe we got some young folks that have thought about the idea of, you know, being a missionary and, 
and there's a bunch of different ones, not just focus, but obviously focus is a very big one that, mm-hmm. um, that focuses on college campuses a lot. Um, but anyways, so tell us, obviously, um, you know, you are <clears throat> on a, you're a focus missionary on a college campus, um, and kind of explain to us what your day to day looks like and kind of how you go about that. Yeah, man. Uh, day to day, honestly, it's, it's hard to like pin it down into one, you know, one example. Um, but the schedule, you know, while completely different from like a typical job is, you know, such a blessing because, um, you know, it's long, you know, most of my days are, you know, going from waking up at seven, um, sometimes six in the morning and, you know, you're going until eight o'clock, 10 o'clock at night and um, with little breaks in between. And, you know, while it is, that seems very daunting. Like when I look at my Google calendar, Google calendar has saved my life. <laughs> I keep a track of everything. Um, but when I look at my calendar, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Like, Oh my gosh, I have, you know, 20 things I got to get done today. Um, but then I think to myself, you know, it's all very, um, I, I don't really know the word for it, but it's, it's, it's very resting, you know, all the stuff that I do is very good. Um, and it's not one of those menial tasks that tires you out. So, you know, obviously a typical day starts out with prayer, you know, one of the most important, well, the most important part of uh, our every day, um, wake up, do a holy hour, typically from there, you know, go into a team meeting and then roll right into mass, you know, just started out with you know, very productive, very prayerful morning. And um, uh, yeah, I can't stress enough how important the sacraments are to, you know, getting through your day of, you know, um, as I said before in my testimony, I <laughs> I was not praying uh, a holy hour every day uh, before joining, joining Focus. So it's still a struggle for me at times. And, uh, you know, there are days where I, I don't get to it because I mistakenly put other things in front of that. And I can, I notice huge difference in uh, my energy throughout the day and my ability to tackle, um, you know, these, these hard times and um, long schedules. So, but from there, um, you know, after mass, we, we get right into working with students a lot. Um, It's, it's so amazing to be so involved in, involved in these students' lives, wherever they go, we just really try and, um, insert ourselves throughout their lives, you know, going to get lunch with them, um, playing basketball on Wednesdays. I play basketball for two hours with a group of students. Um, I have one student that I've fortunately um, gotten close with this semester um, who's such an amazing guy um, who desires, you know, so much greatness. um, And I get to work out with him every day. And that's pretty much, you know, a lot of what I do with him. I work out, you know, an hour and a half a day um with him and you know that's just the beauty of the schedule and like that's kind of typically when we have those free slots where we're not doing teams events or um working with the church that is associated with the um with the school um we're just inserting ourselves in their lives and then also on top of that um one of the beautiful things we get to do is um bible studies and formation you know we get to share share god's word through the gospel through um, the Old Testament, the New Testament, through encyclicals, and all these different things, all these different studies, um, where we get to lead these students through that and have conversations, those conversations that I believe we need to have every day, you know, about, you know, God's word and how he's working in our lives. Um, and then for the students who want to take it deeper than uh, Bible study, we're going to formation, we're going through articles and 
learning how we can deepen our faith. And, and then by the end of the night, you know, uh, just doing whatever the students are doing again, you know, if, if they're inviting us or if we can get ourselves in their, in their, uh, in their schedule, it's great, you know, just to really intentionally get to know these students, how they are, um, and just show them who we are through, you know, just, you know, how we live our lives. So, I mean, it's a typical schedule. Yeah. Um, it changes so often and weekends are, you know, constantly changing as well. Um, if I could break it down as simple as possible, that would be it. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Uh, and I'm, you know, one of the things that I, I always think about, because you're at, you're at University of Toledo, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, how many how many students do you guys have on campus? Do you know? I believe there's the school's close to 20,000 students. Okay, so, so yeah. So uh, yeah a little, a little bit of a jump up from Franciscan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. yeah one of the things, cool. yeah, one of the things that'll help out, I think, a lot, <clears throat> something I'm curious about, too, is like, how do you go about, I know a lot, a big part of your job is establishing relationships, which I think is a big key that we kind of tend to forget with, with evangelization and, and trying to do work is establish a relationship. It's kind of hard to be like, to just go up to someone and be like, Hey, you're wrong or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's like, you know, with posters and stuff, there's a place for, you know, protests and, <clears throat> and walk for life and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of times we forget establishing a relationship, which is so important. Um, and so, I mean, other than establishing relationship, how do you find it? Like where, how is it that you go about evangelizing to these people that are virtually the same age as you, you know, maybe a year yeah. or two, three younger, and also like understanding that, you know, we were at that same place, right? You know, like me and Jake are about as close to normal guys as possible, except we like, you know, just managed to listen to our conscience just half the time. And, uh, yeah. you know, we survived <laughs> and now here we are. So it's like, how do you go about that? And then obviously you have your reputation to uphold, right? And there's not too much, mm-hmm. can't, maybe you can't give away too much. And you know that thing, especially with the Catholic faith, it's hard. Some people are just thinking about, you know, the scandal that happens mm-hmm. in the church or they hear this or that, or we're closed-minded mm-hmm. and homophobic and all this stuff. So like, how do you go about that? Yeah, um, it's a, that's a great question. Obviously, you know, with, with the position I'm in, um, that's on top of my mind. Like, how do I make a good example without, you know, there's just a lot to think about every day, especially when you're with a student. And also just a thought of it today in in today's readings from the letter um, to James, um, it talks about those who are in a teaching position have, you know, a greater responsibility. And so that's, you know, always in the back of my mind. Um, And, you know, I'm thinking about that. How can I lead these men and, you know, be normal, uh, but also not encourage, um, you know, the like behavior that we used to uh, be a part of. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, this one's when it, when it comes to, you know, relating to these students, I think it's a lot simpler than most people make it out to be. Um, there are two sides I feel that most people lean towards. Uh, a lot of people when trying to relate to people and to evangelize, they they go from the, the you know, the condemnation um side of you know judging everything they're doing saying you're doing this wrong you need to be doing this you need to be doing this you need to be doing this um and then you also have the other side of the kind of relativistic point of view where you know i just really want to get to know these guys and so i just have to enter into whatever life they're living and not judge them so they don't push me away you know and and so it's it's i think you know you just got to find a balance and i just say just be normal man (laughs) um 
Like it's just as long as you yourself are developing a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are seeking truth, you're seeking to grow in virtue. Um, and you just be that person who you are, you know, and and live that truth. People are gonna gonna seek after you naturally. Because from that, you'll find this joy and this peace. I loved your podcast uh, that you put out a couple weeks ago about peace. Like no matter what you go through, as long as you're seeking all like virtue and a relationship with Jesus, sticking close to the sacraments, you're going to have this joy, right? And you don't need to do anything extra than that. People are naturally going to seek after you because I think our culture today is so deprived of this this joy, you know, because it's telling it you got to find it in in media and getting a lot of followers and also in partying and girls and all this stuff you know but if i i find it to be like if i just be normal and act as i'm striving to be you know a canonizable saint um people will naturally flock to that now i'm not saying that i'm good at that yet um uh you know i hope to be hope to be one day but i i sure i'm trying and i've noticed that you know, students will, you know, invite me into things more when I'm, you know, not encouraging their bad behavior and I'm not condemning them for their bad behavior, but I just show them an example of what it means to be a man of God who's seeking after truth, who's seeking after a relationship with Jesus and living the gospel. Um, so I guess the, I think it's just simpler than, it, you know, most people make it out to be. I think you just need to be normal. You know, that's all, that's <laughs> that's, all I got to say. It's so beautifully said because you had both. There was like, there was parts where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to clip that one. Like I'm, I'm posting that one on Instagram. That's a good one. And then it's also just be normal. And I think that's the most beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. That's what we I, talked about. We said it all the time at Franciscan uh, yeah. with some of our kind of, you know, goon friends and stuff like that. Like oh, sometimes, yeah. man, you just got to be normal. And I think that works yeah. a lot. And it's, and, it, and it's true. It's hard to balance that, right? I mean, you think about it and here are these college guys, right? And they're living their life and the world's telling them to be them and not care about other people and stuff. And then you have this like missionary guy bothering you, trying to hang out with you. And it's yeah. like, how can, how do they, how do you get to a point where they let you in? Right? Like, how do you get to mm -hmm. a point where it's like, okay, I know all this guy's about, but I'm comfortable enough with him to like, hey, why don't you come over and do some stuff? Because, you know, it's an uncomfortable place. Like, I usually don't even want to, usually, <clears throat> you know, me and Jake would hang out with the same, like, three people every single day, just in our height, doing the <laughs> same old stuff, playing Rocket League, watching movies. And it's, it, you know, even people that you know you agree with, you don't often let in a lot, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's weird to be at that point. But I think <clears throat> I think you made a lot of beautiful points in, in striving um to have that relationship with Jesus first. And then also on top of that, just being normal, that's always a good route to go yeah. <laughs> and not trying to be, you know, banging on people's doors and things like that, but actually exactly. come to these people and meet them where they are. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I really like that. And one of the things that's very interesting about being a focused missionary that I'm sure we're all curious about is a little dating fast that Jakey has to go. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. so why don't you talk a little bit about the dating fast? Mm. I think, um, you know, your experience with it so far, some of its benefits, should more people be doing it? I think probably, yeah. Um, but what do I know? I found my wife at 15, so you know what I mean? It's just like, it all depends. So yeah, talk a little bit about the dating fast. Yeah, man, the dating fast is, uh, has been such an amazing experience. Um, yeah, honestly, there's, there's not much to it. And I think there's a simple, simple answer to this one also, you know, why this is so important. Um, 
and for me, and I think a lot of people just need to learn to love ourselves, right? Um, in, in the correct way, you know, we were made in the image and likeness of God. And if we don't love ourselves, how can we say that we love God, you know? And that's just been a hard question that, you know, I've been trying to answer myself, you know, after going through so much my senior year and um, having so much expectation for myself uh, growing up. I always, uh, always love telling this little story, my, um, and it will, it will wrap into to my answer somehow. Um, but my dad, uh, I would always like to cut corners growing up. And so my dad called me 50 cent. Um, and that would get on my nerves, man. That would get on my nerves. And it got to the point where I developed this overachieving attitude where I need to do everything 110%. And if I don't do everything 110%, then I am a failure. And I associated my identity with my productivity. And that in turn, because I didn't know how to love myself properly, I didn't know how to love someone else properly. And that's why this uh, dating fast has been so beautiful for me because um, I have time to pray about and and think about those hard hitting questions. Do and really just reflect on: Do I love myself? You know, do I love God and do I love myself? And then also it gives you opportunity to really love, you know, women as as a as a daughter of God and who they truly are. You know, with no. Um, I'm sure, you know, just a lot of guys can relate to, you know, meeting a woman. And the first thing they think about is, can I, you know, is, are we compatible? You know, can I date this person? You know, will we go well together? Um, but really just taking a step back and being, you know, thinking about how they are a daughter of God and how beautiful their soul is, no matter what part of life they're, they're in, you know, just thinking about how beautiful they are because they were created in the image of likeness of God. And so, you know, it's just a great opportunity to take a step back, to not think about, you know, can I date every single girl I meet, you know, and, and really just learn to love myself. So when it comes time to date someone else, you know, and discern marriage with, with a woman, um, you know, can I do that well? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I feel like there's a lot more to it, but as of right now, that's just what's coming to my mind and what I think is important about it. I think, you know, if you're in a place where, you know, things aren't going well, you don't really know um, how to love someone else properly, it is important to take a step back, you know, um, and just try and, and learn how to love yourself so you can love others well. Yeah, dude, no, that's perfect, literally. And, and, and when you put it that way, it's like, uh, we all kind of need that. I definitely needed that. I wish I knew a little <laughs> bit more about what that meant. And, you know, we're not discussing, you know, we talked about loving yourself, I think maybe in the last podcast, and we're not discussing this in this um, very like materialistic, weird way of just like uh, body positivity and everything you do, mm-hmm. follow your conscience and just like a lot of weird stuff going on, but loving yourself and understanding who you're created for and, and why you are created and then being able to like reflect. Cause you know, like you said, you can't love God if you don't love yourself and you can't love your neighbor if you don't either. If you can't understand mm-hmm. your own flaws and things like that, then all you're going to see in other people is just, you know, all the filth that you can't recognize for yourself or you can't love yourself for. Um, yeah. And so I think that's a beautiful thing. It's something that, you know, for I think a lot of us, we have to continually learn while we're in a relationship. So I think it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to learn it before you get into one. Um, because 
as beautiful as it was, you know, uh, meeting Ella at 15, you had to go through a lot of stuff because <laughs> you're, yeah. you're growing up together, you know? So it's not that super easy. Although on Instagram and stuff, it looks really cool. Cause we've been to get together for a long time. And you know, the, yeah. the glow up pictures of me with braces and a man bun before and <laughs> now this and stuff, but anywho, we'll keep going. Um, yeah, I kind of, I guess, you know, we're, as we kind of go through and we're looking, I mean, obviously you, you have been a missionary for, what is it, like a sm- almost semester and a half now? Semester and a half, yeah. I mean, we yeah. had training through the summer too, but, yeah. you know, actual yeah, so, missionary, about a semester and a half. Yeah, so uh, not a huge, huge sample size, but big enough. And so mm-hmm. as you've kind of been looking through it, as your experience so far, um, what have some of the best and some of the worst parts been about being, and you know, I think some of the worst parts may be just being in Toledo, which is a little tough yeah. uh, and you know, yeah, great town, uh. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, it's like a, a bigger Steubenville maybe, but other than, that, uh, yeah, other than the negatives of being in Toledo, cause like, you know, we talk about the negatives of Franciscan, it's basically going to revolve around yeah. Steubenville, but in terms of being a focused missionary in your experience so far. What are some of the great parts about it? What are some of the bad parts about it and all that? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's a, um, there's a lot to it, you know, and my answer, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. Um, I think it's just strictly based on who I am. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of great parts to it and there's a lot of hard parts about it, um, that just, you just have to learn to, um, you know, keep faith in God that these are going to help you grow, um, the best parts about it is, you know, I get to play basketball, you know, for my job. I get to work out for my job. I have, you know, opportunity for prayer and mass every single day. You know, that's my job. Um, and it's just such a beautiful experience to to really just enter into these students' lives. Um, not, you know, with the intention of, Every time I meet with a student, I got to share a verse from the gospel and we got to discuss it. Like, no, I, I, I'm just going to play basketball. I don't really bring up the faith when I go play basketball. I just, you know, I go play basketball. I'd be a good person and, <laughs> you know, I have a great time. And so um, it's just really awesome to enter into these students' lives where they're at and just get to do what they do um, as my job. And also just I think we were talking we talk about this a lot, Miko. Um, about doing what you're passionate about, you know, I thinking back to, uh, if I were to work for Ernst and Young, well, that is a great route for a lot of people. For me, it just would not have been good because I'm, I majored in accounting going through college. Uh, I'm not passionate about accounting. Um, it's not something I want to do for the rest of my life, but it was something I felt that I had to do. Whereas this job, I want to do all of this. I I'm very passionate about it. And what we were talking about, Miko is just, you know, wanting to do what we're passionate about the rest of our lives, you know, finding a way to do that. Because when you have a job you're passionate about, all those hard things make sense. They have a purpose. Whereas, you know, thinking back to if I were to be working in a desk job in an accounting firm, you know, all the paperwork, all those hard things would just suck. You know, I would, why am I doing this? You know, it make me ask those questions. So I think the best part about it is just getting to love God and do what I'm passionate about um, and opening up the opportunity to, oh, I can actually do something like this the rest of my life. You know, like this is something that's possible. 
Um, and, you know, the worst parts about it, like I said, it all, you know, has meaning. You know, you, you get through it. It teaches you valuable lessons. But I definitely say, you know, it, it gets tiring sometimes, you know, just working long schedules. Uh, one thing they warn us of is just, you know, not to get burnout, right? To like schedule times for rest. Like it, as much as you want to go through every week and do everything right, like you got to schedule time to rest and, you know, really to be with your thoughts and, and silent and do true leisure um, so you don't get burnout because it, it is tiring at times. And um, yeah, just also, I think one thing, that's the hardest part for me is I, I struggle with the, you know, the sin of comparison, right? Like I see all these missionaries around me when we have these gatherings. Um, we were recently in, in Knoxville for SEEK, uh, where we had about 1200 students gather for our annual conference. And I was surrounded by a ton of amazing missionaries. And the hardest part for me is I, I start to think about all the stuff I'm doing wrong, you know, and, and what I could be doing better. And, you know, this missionary is doing this so well, and I'm doing it so poorly. So I think the worst part of it is not necessarily something that I wish wasn't a part of my life and a part of my job. Um, but they're all stuff that just teach me how to, like I said, the, you know, the sin of comparison, I can learn to love myself more, you know, through working through all of that. Um, and also just like learning how to do you know, true leisure. I think a lot of people, I was so used to whenever I'm, you know, done with my schedule. And I think a lot of people do this as well as just go home, turn on Netflix and do something mindless, you know, whereas mm -hmm. actually learning how to open a book and read, you know, like, oh, this is intellectually stimulating, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like I'm learning something um, or just sit in silence, you know, just sit and just relax. So, yeah, just you know, a lot of good parts, a lot of bad parts, but it's all when you're doing something you're passionate about, something you believe in, you know, it all has a purpose. Yeah, dude. I was, yeah, that's beautiful stuff. Seriously. I mean, yeah, I mean, you couldn't have probably said it any better, especially when you're doing something that you love. It's like, you know, you take those risks oh, yeah. when you're passionate. There's like no risk. Like, you know, at the sales job, I was working it's just like, dude, what the hell am I doing here making these calls? It's just like, for what, you know? And then, uh, yeah, and then like Gary V, and then all these other people get in your head and like, you know what I mean? You start like questioning yeah. your existence and all that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of what you said, I think you've answered a lot of this already. Um, but if you could give us maybe, let's say like three things of the most important three things that you've learned as a missionary um that just help us as human beings you know but a lot of us aren't yeah, missionaries dude. but three things that you could give yeah. us that that you know would help us yeah dude um that's yeah it's good i was hoping to touch on this a little bit uh first off sacraments 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 that is such a vital part to our life um you know with with the eucharist being the source and the summit of our faith how can we do anything without that strength that we receive from Jesus, who we're experiencing in the Eucharist, intimately and physically in the Eucharist, um, and taking that time to pray. Like, how can we, you know, sort through all the messiness of every day, all the craziness of every day, if we can't take some time in silence in front of the Lord and just sort through all that stuff and really give ourselves some time to reflect and to pray? Um, and so, yeah, that's something, one, one piece that I really believe in sacraments, 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 
Um, they're so important to just getting the strength to, you know, be a saint day by day. Um, the second one I would say is uh, you just seek truth and virtue. You know, um, I think there's a book I'm reading by Dr. Edward Sree. It's called The Art of Living. Um, and I have a part highlighted in this that I, that I love. Um, but it just talks about, I don't know if I'll be able to find it without, you know, taking too much time. <laughs> um, but it, I guess paraphrasing, he talks about how virtue is giving us the freedom to love. Practicing virtue gives us the freedom to love. Um, and so like really focusing on growing in fortitude, justice, temperance, and prudence, and, you know, all of that, all the truth that surrounds that, um, it will help us to, you know, be stronger every day and to tackle those hard things and to have peace when, you know, when everything is, you know, when we're in shambles, as our good friend Colby Roeder like to say, when we're in shambles. Um, anyways, and then, yeah, I guess finally, just, I would say never settle, never, never settle for comfort. You know, um, one thing I'm trying to practice is every day when, you know, you know, sometimes a student will ask me to, to do something, you know, I've already been working 12 hours a day. I just want to sit down and, you know, have, you know, have a beer and watch a fresh prints, you know, <laughs> um, like that's all I want to do. Um, but seeking to respond to that with love. And like, this is going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be tired tomorrow. I'm going to, you know, not necessarily, you know, this isn't my first choice of what I want to do with, you know, the rest of my day. Um, but it's going to help me be a saint and it's going to help me lead this other person closer to God. And obviously there's, there's prudence in like, oh, is this good for me? Is this going to lead me to God? Or am I just doing this out of pride? Or is this going to make me too tired for tomorrow to do all that stuff? But yeah, just like never settling for what's comfortable and, you know, always responding to God's call, daily call. You know, there's always a daily call that we need to respond to in those little things and doing it with great love, as St. Therese says. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. those are three, you know, I have a lot more, but yeah, those are definitely it, three though, that I suggest. You are hitting it for your first podcast, man. You're good. You're, you're, you know I, what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if it's the whole missionary thing, but you're doing good, man. It's the whole, real good, man. It's the whole. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Seriously. Um, and all right. So as we kind of wrap these things up, we got a couple, a couple more questions. One is what, the, what does the future hold for Jakey, man? I mean, we know you got to do two years, right? So you're about a semester yeah. and a half in. you got to do full two years. Um, yeah. and obviously it's tough, right? Like we don't know. We don't know what our life's going to look like next month. We don't know what our life's going to look like next Friday. There's a lot of things. But in terms of kind of like, what are you hoping for? Um, obviously, you're not going to be a missionary the rest of your life. Um, or at least focus missionary the rest of your life. But, um, you know, kind of what are you hoping for? What are some of your goals and your plans? Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, dude, that's a, it's a good question. And something that um, I've been wrestling with. Uh, because, you know, as I said, one thing my whole entire life, I've had my plan set out for me. You know, I've always had my five-year plan. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, and every time I, I tend to set up a plan, God kind of laughs and uh, flips that on its head and uh, takes me in a different direction. Um, so as of right now, I think, like, one of the things I'm really trying to grow in is just trusting that God's going to lead me where I want to go. You know, and he obviously cares about my desires. So, you know, 
working with Miko, you know, down the line would be great. You know, uh, something I definitely, something I definitely desire, you know, working in ministry, doing something I'm passionate about, uh, but really just trying to learn to trust the Lord um, and know that he's going to take me where he needs me and that he's going to give me the grace to respond to that call. So whether that be, whether that be focused for the rest of my life, whether that, um, uh, whether that be going back to an accounting job um, or whether that be ministry, you know, I just hope that I, I have the grace to, to respond to that call. So uh, no, no solid plans yet. Um, a few things that I've, I've been thinking about, but other than that, just trying to trust, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, me and Jake are hoping to really do something in the future. We're, we're going to push each other. I think that's one of the most beautiful things though. Um, when people talk about, establishing community it's tough um especially being a franciscan because it's like the best best time of your life because you're able to find so many people from so many different states oh, yeah. but then the, the issue is you find so many people from so many different states and so when you move back you're like oh my gosh you know you miss everybody but to keep those connections the reason why i think it's so important to have um and there's a million reasons why to have you know good catholic friends but just people will push you i think you know me and jake are very passionate about ministry and we want to make we want to make a, a real change and and do something, mm. do something great. Um, if God, you know, if that's God's calling for us, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, as you said, that, that reading from James and teaching and man, there's a lot that I'm thinking about where I'm like, dude, why am I on a podcast? I'm literally like, you know, worse than all the people listening and all this other stuff. And, and, um, as you know, God just uses people. So we just hope that what we're doing is, that is what God's supposed to be using us for. But as we, yeah. as we kind of, I got what I got one last question, Jakey. It's it's gonna be a tough one. It's not necessarily. Tied right, to I'm ready. Mission. I'm ready. It's not it's not tied to your missionary work. But if you could All just right, choose man. three movies to watch for the rest of your life, what are they? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough question. So um, as Miko knows me, I have a very uh, dumb and simple sense of humor. Um, so it's hard, you know, not to pick, you know, something like, uh, something produced by Adam Sandler, you know, uh, <laughs> but I would definitely say, okay, one of them up there, Goodwill Hunting. I mean, of that's course. a, that's just a solid movie. Yeah, you know, it imagine. takes you on an emotional roller coaster every single time I watch it. We watched it together. Um, so didn't you we? got that. Yeah, we did. I, yeah, I think yeah. okay. you, the first time you watched it was when I, when I showed you. No, no, no. I watched it before that, but okay. we definitely watched it together. We definitely watched it together. Anyways. Yeah um man that's tough the, the second two can i can i put trilogies in there like is that like is a trilogy count um i guess yeah that's fine that's fine gotta put the lord of the ring trilogies in there wow. uh, yeah i know it's a little, a little nerdy but um me and my very brother catholic watch those every time <laughs> very catholic you know <laughs> uh, but me and my brother watch that every time he comes home from the seminary and so it's kind of just been a big part of my life um that's a good one. and then gotta gotta add some comedy in there yeah that's what i was um, thinking that's what i was thinking gotta add some comedy it's so hard there's so many good ones what's it gonna but, be um, though what's it gonna be though oh man what's a classic there's a lot of classics. putting me in the spot here see you know when you there's, ask me all these the, questions the other you guys know. you know oh man oh, okay i have to say the other guys yeah I will that's say, what i would think that's what i would think i think that one of the highlights of living in uh height 1490 was uh watching the other guys and just dying laughing oh, at that man. with, uh, so with all the boys so it's good. so good no yeah. yeah yeah you know what and once again i don't know if you could have said it better those are two uh myself you know this this podcast is not about me you know we're bringing on jake but if i yeah. had to you know interject here i have to put either like an interstellar or inception in oh. there. 
I've actually That's never true. seen Lord of the Rings. Um, not very Catholic of me, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's because yeah. I watched too much BET growing up. That's why. That's true. That's true. <laughs> too much, of, too anyway. much other things. <laughs> yeah, so. like, what's, what's Lord of the Rings? Okay, anyways. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I got to put one of those in there. I think uh, guys is amazing. But anywho, um, I just want to thank you, Jake, for coming on. It's been so much fun. We want to, as I said, I think we're going we're gonna to bring ba- Jake back on. We're going to do a lot of things. Maybe me and Jake will even get our own segment. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, don't know yet. That would, that'd be awesome. Maybe I can ask Miko some questions sometime. Yeah. Maybe. I'm open. We're expanding. We're, we're expanding the podcast. We're doing new things. Um, you know, let us know, you know, reach out, maybe say, you know, Jake was trash or maybe say you like Jake and we don't really know unless you let us know. So, so that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, thanks Jake for having on. You did literally dude. That was yeah. like really good for, thanks like, so much for, for having me. I just, you know, like you said, you know, I'm not, not perfect by any means, but, um, you know, it's great just to be on this journey to to grow in faith and just to share that with others as we're growing. You know, we don't have it figured yep. out, yep. but as we are starting to figure it out, we want to bring you guys with us. So thanks so much yeah. for having me on yeah, and giving dude. me the opportunity to, you know, talk with you about this stuff. Yeah, dude. First of many. Um, and like I always say, First guys, you know, I don't, you guys probably missed it in, in, in Jake's, in, in his testimony there. But one of the things he said really changed his life was, liking and subscribing to the youtube channel oh yeah he's like dude i said that pretty quiet instagram yeah you know you missed it i bet but he did say following the instagram and all that really changed him you know and i was surprised myself but you know his words not mine but anyways until next time guys we'll we'll see you on whatever ppk perspectives or regular ppk thanks for tuning in and uh have yourselves a good one thanks thanks so much mika